What's going on, everybody? This is uh, Bob Morris with another episode of the Bob's Tidbits podcast, which you can always find at uh, bobstidbits.substack.com. Of course, the uh, 2022 NFL draft was this uh, past week. Uh, just wanted to uh, this week uh, talk about uh, some observations about uh, the NFL draft, uh, going into detail about some teams more than others, uh, because some teams they had uh, – uh, made, I guess you'd say, more headlines uh, this past week. Uh, of course, in my uh, Substack uh, newsletter earlier this week, I talked about how many uh, draft day trades there were this year. Of course, we had the two uh, receivers whose trades were officially announced on draft day, and then a number of teams were uh, making moves around on the draft board, which was interesting because some people said that uh, this wasn't really the strongest overall draft class particularly in terms of the quarterbacks, but you had uh, a lot more draft day, draft movement and uh, a lot more excitement than I imagine uh, people may have anticipated. Uh, getting to the teams, we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals. They're, of course, one of the teams that traded for a receiver. Uh, they sent uh, their first-round pick uh, to the Ravens for Marquise Brown. Uh, they did get a third-round pick back. The uh, interesting thing about this trade is that it's really the draft capital that was involved pretty much signals that they're going to have to uh, extend or franchise uh, Brown. Uh, my own opinion is that I don't know if I would have gone as high as on the draft pick compensation as uh, the Cardinals went. You know, if you look at a, you send a first, get a third back, you could call it the equivalent of a second round pick if you wish, but that's still. Uh, a little more than I would have given up for Brown. I don't consider him to be one of the top receivers in the uh, NFL. He's more of a second-tier receiver in my eyes. But with that said, the Cardinals did need a receiver. I know they've got DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green, but Green is probably entering the uh, last uh, season of his career, and Hopkins, he's coming off a significant injury. So there was uh, arguably a need for another receiver. Uh, we'll just kind of... Have to see uh, what the Cardinals uh, do from here as far as an uh, extension for Brown. The Atlanta Falcons, uh, I thought they did a good job overall. The one pick that I liked was taking Desmond Ritter in the third round. Uh, you know, And I can understand the people who said that most of the quarterbacks, if any, were not worth a first-round pick. But in the second round, you know, I think it was a, a good time to take a chance on some of these quarterbacks in the third round. You absolutely want to do that. So I think you can make a case that the Falcons should have looked at a quarterback in the second round. But to do it in the third round, that was the right call. And it gives Atlanta a chance to find out if Ritter can be the long-term guy. And if not, then they can always look to 2023 or 2024 to get the, their next quarterback. Pardon me. We come to uh, the uh, Baltimore Ravens next. Uh, I made the observation on draft day that the Ravens were doing Ravens things on draft day, and that was a compliment. Uh, former general manager Ozzie Newsome, I've always considered to be one of the best uh, general managers of all time. I don't think he gets as much credit as he may deserve because the Ravens didn't have a dynasty like, say, the New England Patriots did, but Newsom was one of the best when it came to uh, finding value on draft day, uh, finding value in free agency, and uh, other means of uh, building a team. And I think uh, Eric DaCosta has learned a lot from uh, Ozzie Newsom. He did a good job in finding value in the draft. 
he took some players that uh, some people had ranked higher than than others. And while you can argue whether or not those players were worth, say, a top 10 pick, I think when uh, Baltimore uh, drafted uh, those players later in the first round, it was certainly uh, good value to get those players. Also, I think they had a good uh, trade. Again, I don't think I would have given up a first-round pick even if I get a third-round pick back for Marquise Brown. But for the Ravens to get a first-round pick for Brown, that was certainly uh, good on their part. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, the only observation I really have to make here is they did a lot of trading on draft day. They seem to be – I actually lost count about how many times they had either been a trade up or down the board, so they were certainly doing a lot of draft day moving. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this all uh, comes together as the Bills are seeking a Super Bowl this season. Carolina Panthers, uh, they were right to not pursue uh, Baker Mayfield when they couldn't come to terms on the uh, the uh, the monetary uh, or the, the salary logistics, I should say. Last year, of course, they had traded for Sam Darnold, gave up more in draft pick compensation than I would have done. And then when they had traded Trady Bridgewater, they had to agree to pay uh, the bulk of his salary. So it's understandable that they would be reluctant to take all of Baker Mayfield's salary. And if you couldn't come to terms on exactly how much you're going to pay, then you don't do that deal. And then, of course, they traded into the third round to get uh, Matt Carl. Uh, remains to be seen if he'll work. If he works out, of course, taking him in the third round, it's certainly a, a good time to do it. I'm just curious to see if the uh, current regime is going to be around in uh, 2023 because looking at the 2023 roster, it's hard to see them uh, winning this year. And I do kind of wonder if they're on notice to win or else in uh, 2022. Well, I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out uh, this season. Chicago Bears, they're another team that did a lot of trading on draft day. And for those people who thought that uh, the Bears should have been taking uh, – more help on offense for Justin Fields. This was a team that needed to rebuild in more than just the offense. They had a lot of things to do on the defensive side of the ball as well. So the thing to do this year was given uh, that they didn't have a lot of cap space and they didn't have a lot of draft capital, the best thing they could do was uh, trade players away, which meant they were right to trade away Khalil Mack and get some additional draft capital, and then do a couple of trades down and then just – take the best players on their board. And then in 2023, that's the time when they'll have more cap space available. They'll have a first-round pick, and then they will be in a better position to find that uh, receiver or other impact player who can uh, help out uh, Justin Fields. The Bengals, uh, they emphasized defense in their draft. Uh, one observation that Mike Tanier at uh, Football Outsiders made is that the Bengals didn't act like uh, other teams that uh, lost a Super Bowl who then thought they had to make uh, an all-in type of move just to get back to the, to that Super Bowl and win it the next year. They were uh, they did a pretty good job looking for value in free agency, and they did a good job looking for value in the draft. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes together. Uh, I think with the moves they've made, they are probably in a better position to be a Super Bowl contender than they we're actually going into 2021 when things just kind of fell into place for them in their uh, playoff run. Cleveland Browns, they did a lot of trading on draft day. Of course, 
they probably had to do some uh, trades down the board because of the uh, the draft capital that uh, they gave up to select Deshaun Watson. Uh, I'm not the type who likes to say that the player you traded away for is who your draft's all about, but it's kind of the cliche goes. That's probably where the Browns are at right now. Uh, the uh, Dallas Cowboys, there are, of course, a lot of questions about them reaching for certain players or taking players with character concerns. As I've said uh, before, and I will say again, you do need to uh, stick to your draft board, not the draft board of other analysts. I think the issue here is because Jerry Jones has had the final say in personnel decisions for so many years. I think the only times he didn't have final say, you know, when Jimmy Johnson was around, I think that was one time, and I believe that was the case when Bill Parcells was there. Could be mistaken on Parcells, though, but other times it's been uh, Jerry Jones's call, and when you've had that uh, say for such a long time, people are going to question you when you have some uh, picks that either look like they're a reach or you have the, the so-called character concerns. The Denver Broncos, uh, they emphasize defense in the draft, which was, which was fine. I have no problem with them doing that. Uh, as a Broncos fan, I didn't think their draft was great, but I didn't think it was a disappointment either. I know some people would have preferred the Broncos take a right tackle, but... If the board didn't fall the way that uh, that it fit the Broncos' strategy and they didn't see any offensive tackles they thought were the right fit for the team, then you pass on them. That's You don't try to force an, a need. You just look for the – stick to your draft board and go with the players that are atop your draft board at that point. And again, George Payton, it's his second season as the general manager, so the jury's still out about what – he will do overall for the Broncos, though I like what he did in the 2021 draft, but one draft class does not uh, write the story about any general manager. Detroit Lions, uh, the only comment I have to say is that it looks like they're focused on the 23-3 quarterback draft class, and, and that's fine. You know, you can argue that maybe they could have taken a chance on a quarterback in the uh, second or third round, but They've obviously decided that uh, they're going to stick with Jared Goff for the time being, and then next year, it wouldn't surprise me if they take a quarterback early. Green Bay Packers, uh, people talked about how the uh, Packers didn't take a wide receiver in the first round again. Uh, I don't think that was really a big deal this year. Yes, wide receiver was a need, but a lot of wide receivers went off the board in the first round, and so, again, you don't want to reach to fill a need. And the Packers did take a receiver in the second round, and then I believe they took one uh, later in draft day. So they did uh, they did fill their the need there at the position. It's just you don't want to go reaching uh, for a player just because you need that position. The Houston Texans, uh, I'm not sure why they did their uh, trade up the board prior to draft day before they knew how the board was going to fall. That was a, a trade. Uh, basically, they... Uh, what was it? They gave up, I think, a sixth and a seventh round pick to move into the fifth round. And I don't understand that strategy at all. I'm not sure what the Texans were doing there. So don't have much more to say about that other than they look like another team that uh, was uh, there maybe uh, thinking about the 2023 quarterback draft class as opposed to the 2022 class, though. I think you can make a case that maybe you give another year for Davis Mills and then if he improves, great. If not, then you know you have to move on. Colts, uh, the only observation I have there is that they did pretty well overall despite not having a first-round pick, and I think Chris Ballard's 
pretty good at uh, finding value in players. He's done a pretty good job with that in the draft for the most part. Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, everybody's going to be asking, is uh, Trayvon Walker going to prove to be worth that uh, number one overall pick? Uh, they seem to still have an affinity for linebackers, regardless of uh, who's in the regime. I'm still not sold that Trent Bulky is doing the best job of building the team. Uh, I know that a lot of problems last year go back to Urban Meyer, but I don't think all the problems can be traced back to him. Some of it does go back to Balky, and I'm not convinced that uh, he's uh, he's building the team in a way that's going to uh, get them uh, back to the playoffs. But who knows? Maybe maybe things will turn out di- differently than I expect. Kansas City Chiefs they did some uh, they had some good picks in the earlier rounds, and I think now it's time to give Brett Veach uh, some credit for the work that he's doing there. Of course. John Dorsey was known for being a, a good drafter during his time with the Chiefs, and then they let him go and replaced him with Brett Veach. And Veach, he's he's done pretty well for himself. He's found some good players. He's you know last year's draft turned out pretty good for them, and this year's draft it looks like a good one. So even though the Chiefs uh, traded away uh, Tyreek Hill, they still have the pieces in place to be a Super Bowl contender. So uh, the Raiders. They did a lot of uh, draft day trading as well. Of course, they gave up some picks to get Devontae Adams, so they did need to get additional capital. So I don't have much more to add about the Raiders other than that. Uh, it does appear that uh, the philosophy is shifting uh, now that uh, John Gruden is gone. And uh, I think in particular was the uh, the fact that they decided to decline the first round, the fifth-year options, excuse me, on all the first-round picks they made in uh, the 2018 draft, so it's uh, it's certainly kind of a sign that uh, philosophies are changing there. Uh, the Chargers, uh, I thought their draft was decent overall. Again, there's people that said they maybe reached on a couple of players, but again, stick to your draft board. We'll kind of see what happens there. Uh, Tom Telesco's been pretty good. Uh, he hasn't been there as long as uh, you know Jerry Jones has been having final say in uh, personnel, and then in the case of another... Uh, personnel decisions maker who I'll get to shortly. But uh, again, we'll see how things work out. I imagine that uh, playoffs are going to be the expectation for the Chargers this year. And uh, if they do fall short again, it uh, may be time to start asking some questions there. Los Angeles Rams, the only observation I have there is that they made a lot of uh, picks on day three. And... They, they've done this a, a lot when you look at their past drafts. They tend to make a lot of uh, picks later in the draft, even though they've traded away uh, multiple firsts and, in some cases, second-round picks. So it's they're still going and drafting players. They're just taking a, a lot of players later in the drafts, and in some cases they're developmental types. So we'll just see how that uh, works out for them. The Dolphins, the observation I have to make is that it's kind of interesting that they spent uh, so many years accumulating draft capital, and this year they made just four draft picks. So obviously the Dolphins, uh, this is kind of uh, the make-or-break season for uh, Tua Tagovailoa. They have certainly, uh, you know, with free agency, they definitely went out and, uh, you know, getting Taron Armstead signed, for example, and then trained for Tyree Kill. It's pretty clear that this is the year that Tua's got to show that uh, he can be the guy. The uh, Minnesota Vikings, uh, like the Rams, they made a lot of picks on uh, day three. They did some uh, trades down the board in both the first and second round. 
on those trades. I don't think they got the best value in the trades down. I think uh, they they probably could have asked for more. Uh, that's the only observation I have to make about the Vikings. The uh, New England Patriots, uh, they're kind of the epitome of uh, follow your own draft board, not the draft board of anyone else. But as with the Cowboys, you know, Bill Belichick has been there for a long time. And given that uh, they've had their Super Bowl dynasty, well, you're expecting uh, Super Bowls and no less than when uh, you're not getting them. And in particular, you're not doing a good job uh, with drafting, which the Patriots haven't done that well in recent seasons. You're going to get questioned more. So it's going to remain to be seen uh, if things uh, work out uh, with this draft class and how the 2020 draft class comes along, particularly how Mac Jones uh, develops. New Orleans Saints, I'm not sure I understand what their strategy is at this point. Again, I think they're a team that needs to step back and reassess its situation, but they're still playing like they're just a few players away from another deep playoff run. They made just five picks in this draft. Of course, they made the trade prior to draft day to get that additional first and gave up a future first, which I'm not sure if that was the best decision and then they trade up again in the uh, first round. And again, I'm just, this is a team that I just am looking at and thinking you need to reassess, retool, and not keep thinking that we're going to be making it to the the NFC Championship game. Or or even if you're thinking, well, we can get the sixth or seventh playoff spot, that's, that's not really a good strategy, I don't think. So... I don't know. I'm kind of wondering, uh, and Mickey Loomis, of course, has been there for a long time. So as with anyone who's been there a long time, you're going to get questioned more when you make uh, moves that don't make sense to people. The New York Giants, uh, I like what they did in the first round when they took uh, Kayvon Thidabo, I hope I pronounced the name correctly, with the fifth overall pick because... Even though offensive tackle was a bigger need, there were three good offensive tackle prospects on the board, and then they had the seventh overall pick. So all they had to do was wait for one team, whether that's the Panthers or somebody trading up, and they can still get their uh, pick of uh, at least two good offensive tackle prospects. So I like that move. They are certainly taking steps in the right direction to correct a lot of the mistakes that uh, Dave Gettleman made. New York Jets, I think they did a nice work with their uh, selections in the top 10, and they were aggressive in trades up uh, after that, but they were getting players who were falling down the board, so they were, were getting good value. Uh, I will say that overall, the Jets, you know, their drafting has been pretty good under Joe Douglas, but now it's time for Zach Wilson. Of course, he's got to show that he can improve this season, and if he doesn't, well, then uh, I know Jason Fitzgerald's remarked on his podcast that, Douglas might be gone, but if Wilson doesn't improve this season, then you have to wonder if the Jets will be thinking about the 2023 quarterback draft class. The Philadelphia Eagles, the A.J. Brown trade, that made a little more sense because I think you have a good case that Brown is one of the top receivers in the NFL, and thus he's worth giving up the first-round pick. And while the Eagles did make just five picks, they're set up pretty well in 2023. That trade they made with the Saints, they've got two pick first-round picks in 2023. So they're in good position to either get a quarterback next year if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out this year, or if Hurts does work out, they can find two more players to add to the roster and build an even better team. So I like the Eagles' approach in the draft. I And again, I like the trade for Brown. 
And I suspect that was a trade that was probably uh, like the Marquise Brown trade agreed to before draft day because they got a contract extension signed for Brown signed pretty much on draft day. So San Francisco 49ers, uh, I don't have much to say about uh, their draft. The only question I have right now is if they're going to be able to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I get that it's a good idea to have a veteran backup quarterback, but it's a pretty high cap number for a backup. So uh, as far as the draft itself, I don't really have – there's nothing really stood out to me, but nothing that I thought was really bad either. So they were uh, decent, I thought, on draft day. Seattle Seahawks uh, passed on uh, the uh, quarterbacks in the 2022 draft class. They didn't even look at them in the uh, later rounds. So I'm not sure uh, what's going on with the Seahawks. It's kind of after the, they traded away Russell Wilson, they kind of it, it just kind of sticks to me that that there that uh, Pete Carroll and John Schneider are lame duck regime. So, I don't know. It uh, I don't know if uh, Pete Carroll was necessarily interested in going into a rebuilding year at this point of his coaching career. Uh, I don't know if uh, John Schneider is the best uh, person who can be trusted to handle a rebuild at this point. But I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see if uh, what changes come after 2022, if there are any changes. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers... Uh, the only observation I have to make is they took a punter in the fourth round. They weren't the only team to take either a punter or a kicker in the fourth round. Uh, just commenting generally on that, I'd rather the teams wait until like the sixth round at the earliest to take a punter or a kicker because that's where you're going to get the best of value. Though I could understand, uh, I can see the argument for taking one in the fifth round because I look at fifth through seventh round picks as depth at best and in some cases might not make the team so if you use a fifth round pick on a punter or a kicker i don't really have a problem with that even if i'd rather wait around but the fourth round i just think that you can do a better job of finding a depth at uh, another position or you might be able to find a a player that has potential to become a starter tennessee titans they're another team i don't really understand what they're doing this offseason uh during free agency they acted like they're a team that's a still trying to push for the playoffs with the extension for Harold Landry and the trade for Robert Woods. And then on draft day, they acted like, well, we're actually a team that's reassessing our situation and trading away A.J. Brown and then uh, trading up to draft Matt Malik Willis. And again, you know, it's not a bad idea to get a, to get one of the quarterbacks because I don't know how much Ryan Tannehill has left, but earlier in the the offseason. Again, they were acting like they were still a playoff contender. Now they kind of seem to have shifted gears. So I, I'm i just not certain if I understand their, their strategy. Just kind of them and the Saints. They're the two that I'm not sure I understand uh, what they're trying to do. And then uh, the Commanders, uh, they really got good value in the, their trade down in the first round. And then, of course, there's the selection of Sam Howell in the fifth round. I don't think that uh, Carson Wentz is going to be the uh, the long-term solution, and I don't think they did a good job with the trade that got them Wentz. But uh, I'm not reading too much into the idea that Sam Howell could be uh, challenging uh, Wentz for the starting job. I think, if if anything, they may be more likely to go back to Taylor Heineke if Wentz doesn't work out, and they may allow uh, Howell a little more time to develop or... 
who knows, maybe he does uh, get the job uh, later in the season if things don't go well for Washington. But then again, if things don't go well for Washington this season, I could see the regime uh, gone after the season. They're probably another team whose regime is on notice that they need to win this season. So, anyway, those are the thoughts that I had about uh, the 2022 NFL Draft. And again, uh, a lot more excitement than I think some people may have anticipated. But I imagine, uh, I would hope that the excitement has probably died down for this offseason because I will be in the weeks to come looking at uh, each of the teams by a division and talking about uh, looking at their long-term picture more in depth and uh, where I kind of see them going in 2022 and what that all means for 2023. So anyway, I hope everybody had had fun uh, on draft day and hope everybody is enjoying your week and uh, continues to enjoy yourself throughout the rest of the week. Uh, be sure that if you enjoyed this podcast to subscribe to bobstidbits.substack.com and you can follow me on Twitter at Bob Morris Sports. And until the next episode, uh, everyone take care of yourselves and be good to each other.